Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management. This is Women to Watch. To rise above all of the noise and fulfill every last one of your dreams. Women to Watch, sharing the real stories of the most accomplished women in the world. It is for those frightened children who want peace. It is for those voiceless children who want change. Being inspired by women from across the globe who are encouraging more women to pursue their dreams. True philanthropy comes from living from the heart of yourself and giving what you have been given. Now, Women to Watch. Here's your host, Sue Rocco. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to another week of Women to Watch here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm so happy to be back in the studio this evening, and I have my guest with me across the table. She's going to be joining me in just a moment. Her name is Terry Matthews, and she is local here to Philadelphia. Terry is an entrepreneur, an author, a TV host of a brand new show, On the Spectrum, and a tremendous advocate for children and families dealing with autism. And she'll be sharing her story in just a moment. Be sure, as always, to stay with us during the break to catch our watch team of ongoing contributors, bringing you valuable information on health, leadership, finance, technology, diversity, and education. And next week, stay tuned for the launch of our brand new watch team member, CEO Dawn Zier of Nutrisystem, who's going to be launching a brand new wellness watch segment with us. Uh, We're hearing from so many members of our audience who are sharing their own inspirational stories from listening to the show, and I'm so grateful. Uh, It's one of my favorite parts about doing this show. So please feel free to reach out to me anytime at susan at womentowatch.net. That's women, the number two, watch.net, N-E-T, or visit our website at womentowatch.net. So now, without any further ado, I'd love to welcome to the show Terry Matthews. Thanks so much for coming in. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. It's great to have you. And your team, I'll mention, are in the background (laughs) taking some wonderful pictures. Um, Can't do it alone. That's right. We all need our tribe. Yes. Yeah. So I, you know, in doing my homework and reading a little bit about you, I, I read where you described your own background um, and early challenges uh, that bridge the gap between struggle and success for others. I wonder if you can tell us a little bit about what you were referencing and a little bit about your upbringing in California, I yeah, understand. 
Absolutely. So I'm originally born and raised in San Francisco Bay Area. I'm the oldest of seven children. Um, and uh, my parents were wealthy at one point in time and then made some poor decisions, got it involved in drugs and alcohol and lost everything. Um, so I became really responsible at an early age. I mean, I remember taking a taxi at the age of 10 and buying groceries and bringing things home. Um, helping with my grandparents and um, even going through homelessness. Eventually, my parents would get a divorce and I went through homelessness and had to be a provider at a very early age. At the time, at the age of 15, I was out on my own. I was in college. I was, you know, working. I lied on my resume. Um, I don't recommend anybody do that. I never got caught, but I <laughs> <laughs> uh, just want to be, you know, transparent. And um, by the time I was 17, I was pregnant. By the time I was 18, I was mom. And I didn't have a whole lot of good examples. I came from a very small family. And again, the oldest in my, um, as, as uh, the oldest sibling. So um, that was, you know, part of my struggle. But I would later find out that God used those things in my life to get me to where I am today. Mm -hmm. And um, I've had an opportunity to travel the world and do some amazing things, meet amazing people and bring back the things that was was given to me, Mm -hmm. whether people knew that they were giving it to me or not, and be able to show people that they can make it through their circumstances and they're not a product of their environment. Wow. You know, you shared that so kind of matter of fact. And of course, we don't have, you know, the time we would want to really delve into that. But what struck me was when you described being 10, getting in a taxi, going and getting groceries. Yeah. Was that asked of you or did you take that upon yourself to do it? Um, oftentimes, in, in that particular case, it was asked uh, because it was for my grandparents. But I will tell you that oftentimes I took things upon myself. When I saw that there was a need, I fulfilled it. Um, I even recognized, you know, my my heart to help came through even watching my mom. When she was homeless and sleeping in a vehicle, there was another mother that was there. This was by the time I had moved out and she was still on the streets. Just poor choices at that time. Um, she's doing great today. But during that time period... Um, my mom gave up her vehicle that she was sleeping in for another woman who was homeless with kids. Wow. So even in very trying situations to look at the the adversity that I was against, but the lessons that I learned, and it was just pretty amazing. It's shaped who I am today. Was there someone uh, when you were a child that was instrumental in helping to build your resiliency and self-esteem? I would say, you know, God does this amazing thing. He puts different people in your life different ways. I remember crying one time because I felt like I really didn't have anyone or I didn't have family. And um, there's a book called Power of a Praying Woman. Sorry. There's a chapter in that book, chapter 15, that talks about, you know, God gives us family and sometimes it's not blood related. So there's never been one person in my life. I think it's the season of life that I've been in and Um, I had to learn to accept the love. I had to learn to accept the help because I didn't know what it looked like or if it was real or how long I would keep it and if I would lose it. So there was a little bit of fear that was there um, to open up and be vulnerable. But those, when I learned that I can receive love, a person can be a mother figure, a person can be a sister figure. I didn't feel alone at all. And to know that God spoke through people was very helpful for me. And so there's not one person, there's been many people, and I'm so grateful for that. Mm. So that's a really difficult beginning. Uh, That's a hard, you know, start in life. And I I think, you know, I'd like to talk about Jaden, because the birth of your son, Jaden, who has autism, uh, is the reason you're doing everything you're doing today. So when we come back from the break, 
We'll hear a little bit about him. Absolutely. Can't wait to share. We'll be right back. You're listening to Women to Watch. Stay with us for our Health and Leadership Watch. Women to Watch. Leadership Watch. Hi, everybody. Holly Dowling here with your Leadership Watch for the week. And another really powerful nugget that I feel many of us are thinking about at this time of year, especially with our organizations and our companies, is much focus is spent on what is our mode of operation going into 2019? What kind of implementations are we putting in place to attract the high-performing great employees? And by the way, what are we doing to retain great high-performing employees? And so as a leader, I know you battle with this. And we spend so much time and energy, and we'll spend so much strategy and intention around attraction, and then guess what happens? We wonder why we're losing people left and right, because competition is at your heels. And at the end of the day, the retention is just as important as attraction. So I'm going to give you a secret tip right now. It ties with authentic leadership. We hear the word a lot, and it's a big buzzword right now, but I'm going to ask you to be, go look in the mirror and ask yourself, are you truly leading through an authentic lens. And people will ask me all the time, Holly, what does authentic leadership really mean? Because I work with leaders around the world and I'd love to work with you in your organization. And what I'll tell you is, you wanna know what authenticity really means for you? It means being transparent. What's your story? People don't wanna hear how perfect your life has been because nobody's life is perfect. And as an authentic leader, be transparent, start sharing your story. And if you don't really know what that story is, let's talk because everyone has a story. And today, more than ever, organizations that are attracting the high-performing employees want to know that people from the middle all the way to the top are authentic leaders, that they're transparent, that they're creating a culture of transparency, a culture of courage, and a culture that honors and shines a spotlight on everyone else's authentic self. And that is what so many people are missing. So throw out strategy, throw out feeling that everybody needs to be in a box, especially you as a leader. Let go of the stereotypes, pull back the layers of the onion, and reach out to me at hollydowling.com. Since 1858, Mount St. Joseph Academy has been educating girls to be leaders, founders, and independent thinkers. Students are taught to be collaborative, courageous, compassionate, confident, and spiritual. In this student-centered environment, the young women are transformed by recognizing their own potential and are encouraged to use it to make a difference in the world. To learn more about Mount St. Joseph Academy, go to www.msjacad.org or call 215-233-3177. That's msjacad.org or 215-233-3177. For Health Watch, I'm Dr. Marianne Ritchie. The holidays, a special time to enjoy the company of family and friends, make joyful memories, and appreciate our many blessings, especially the gift of health. We've heard the song, The 12 Days of Christmas. I'd like to offer 12 ways to be healthy and safe. Over the next few weeks, let's work to maximize fun and minimize sickness and accidents, including some suggestions from the Center for Disease Control. Number one, during the cold weather, more time indoors in close proximity with people at home and work. Did you get your flu shot? Remember, cover your mouth and nose when you cough or sneeze, then throw the tissue away. And if you're caught without a tissue, sneeze into your elbow or upper sleeve, not your hands. Number two, when you gather for the holidays, learn your family history. Parents, siblings, grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins may have had certain cancers like colon, breast, or ovary. 
maybe diabetes, heart disease, even osteoporosis. It may put you at increased risk. You may need to start screening at an earlier age. Maybe there's a drug that would decrease your risk, like tamoxifen for breast cancer. Or it could motivate you to make healthier choices, like exercise, healthier diet, or quitting smoking. Number three, when entertaining, ask your guests not to smoke. Avoid secondhand smoke, whether from cigarettes, vape, or marijuana. In fact, some people are allergic to the smoke from weed. Number four, alcohol in moderation. Parties at work, your neighborhood, relatives. Remember, the American Cancer Society advises maximum two drinks a day per men, one a day for women, and please do not drink and drive. Have a designated driver and wear your seatbelt, especially with snowy or icy conditions. So divas, if you really love your families, celebrate carefully and in moderation. Ho, ho, ho! This is Women to Watch with Sue Rocco. Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. Thank you for joining us uh, for another week of Women to Watch. I'm talking this evening with Terry Matthews. And, and Terry is, um, she's an entrepreneur, an author, and an autism advocate. And she re- recently launched a new TV show called on the spectrum. What a great title, by the way. I think that's so great. Um, So you have a son, you have a couple of children, but Jaden is um, your son and he has autism. And of course he was born and you fell in love and you said things need to be done in this arena because we're seeing so many families. Absolutely. So talk about, you know, his birth and, and what that catalyst was for so Jaden, for me, um, I have, as you mentioned, two other children uh, that are 23, 17, and Jaden is now 12. Um, he was born, everything was neurotypical. You know, he was a well-developed being child. At the age of two, he had a fever for about three or four days. He lost all ability to point, speak, and was back in a diaper. It was completely devastating. At that point in my life, um, I had been coined the Olivia Pope that doesn't sleep with presidents, but I fixed a lot of problems in life. Um, for my own businesses, for other corporations, and uh, this was one problem I couldn't fix. And what I recognized when Jaden was diagnosed with autism, instead of me, I did have a cry moment. I, I had I had a woes me pity party, and then I got up, popped all the balloons, and said, hey, it's time to get to work, because I recognized that just like the many situations in my life, this was put before me for a reason, um, that I was built to handle this and to develop the organization and call it Jaden's Voices because when he lost his voice, I became his voice. And then I thought I had to be strong enough to be a voice for other parents. And I had already come through so much adversity. So I was like, bring it on. And I wanted to be that voice, that instrumental support and help no matter what the situation was. If you had money, if you didn't have money, and I could walk on every walk of life because at that time in my life, I was financially stable, but I also came from the neighborhoods that many people didn't want to visit You know, um, I grew up in those neighborhoods so I could walk in those neighborhoods and feel comfortable and talk to the individuals that were there and really provide help and support because a lot of those people that are underserved were missed. Mm. You know, in referencing challenges, you know, really help us learn and and move forward. I want to share a quote. I think this is so beautiful. You said, I believe that God shines through the cracks of broken people to illuminate hope and light. Never give up on yourself. There is purpose in your pain. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't, there's a lot of things that we all believe, but we don't know for sure. Right. I can't imagine that the things life throws at us are not somehow lessons and, and help us make the next right choice. Absolutely. Um, Jaden taught me more than I taught Jaden. 
I thought I was patient. I thought I was non-judgmental. I thought I gave, you know, I came from a situation. So I always had a heart I felt like to give um, and to do for others because had people not done for me, I wouldn't have been in my situation. But Jaden just took it to a whole nother level. And um, it allowed me to be in people's places and spaces in a very vulnerable situation in their life, right? I mean, we're talking about kids, their finances, their marriages are on the line because autism doesn't just impact, impact the person who's diagnosed. It impacts the entire family, the sibling relationships, husband and wives not communicating and talking and who's giving up their career to manage this child and their needs. So, you know, it was a great position to be in that I think that God placed me there. And I had experienced pretty much everything that I see, not only in the United States, but I've been around the world looking at autism. So it was interesting to see. Um, And now that's when all the dots connected for me, like, wow, God. The whole t- this whole time you knew that I would talk to a potential family that's going to be homeless because they lost their job raising their autistic child. I could relate. You know, a, a drug-addicted parent, you know, I could relate. Um, death of a child, I could relate. Like, all of my pain was really for my purpose and for your glory, and that's I, that felt good to me. Mm-hmm. I knew that I was loved and not forgotten. You know, so so much of your work, I should mention for the listeners that you start first, you had Jaden's Voice, mm-hmm. right, dot org, mm-hmm. uh, an organization, and, and then most recently decided to launch the television show. And I'm wondering, prior to that, you were working um, as a consultant and you worked as an entrepreneur with businesses and companies. There's always that moment when we want to do something greater and bigger and give back, <laughs> but you need so. money. I know. Right? You need money. I, I do. So, uh, first of all, tell me a little bit about when you were working in the business world. Yeah. Um, you worked across multiple industries. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to, to ask you first um, what you felt was the, the industry that it was the most difficult for women to kind of Ooh. move through and upward to that C-suite level? That's a good question. Excellent question, because my background's HR, HR law and business. Um, I would say financial industry, um, especially with public traded companies. Um, human resources wasn't really a respected position. We're, we're, we, we cost the bottom line. They don't look at human resources, at least back then, as bringing value, right? But we know that people are the most expensive thing a company has. And if the operations isn't ran well and the people are not hired, you don't have the appropriate people, right fit, right person for the job, you lose a lot of money. And so I would say um, working in financial services um, and any corporation, especially public traded, that I had an opportunity to participate in. Because one, I was a young executive. I'm in my 20s in a boardroom where the average person is in their 40s, right? you already as a female have a lot to prove, no matter what color you are, right? So now add the fact that I'm a minority as a woman and a minority as an African-American. And so here I am challenged with trying to prove, and I'm young, right? Mm -hmm. So that was just not a good combination. So I was consistently proving um, my value and my worth. And I think when I saw that, again, that was something else that I added to my belt that as I continued to move forward building my own companies, I wanted to make sure that we didn't see that same thing. Mm. Um, when we come back, I w- first, I wanted to ask you quickly if you had the confidence in your 20s that you have today. We'll talk a little <laughs> bit about that when you, we come back. And also, uh, Next Level Vision series platform. I want you to t- explain what that's all about. Okay. Stay with us during the break for our Finance and Tech Watch. Women to Watch, Finance Watch. 
Hi, this is Terry. And this is Maggie. And we're from Fortis Wealth. According to Bankrate.com, nearly 96% of Americans give to charity. We donate money, clothes, food, or other goods, and our time, though this varies somewhat by age. Regardless of generation, women's overall approach to giving is different from men's. According to a study by Fidelity Charitable, the largest U.S. charity and a donor-advised fund, women are more spontaneous, engaged, and empathetic. According to the National Center for Charitable Statistics, there are currently over 1.5 million nonprofit organizations in the U.S. With so many choices, how do you decide which ones to support? Looking at the website is a good initial step, but here are some other questions you may want to have answered. Is there a clear mission statement? Are there values in line with your core beliefs? Does the organization meet a vital need? How does it define success? A community foundation can offer more guidance, especially if you want your donations to stay in your home area. They play a key role in identifying and solving community problems. In a past segment, we mentioned some tax-advantaged giving strategies. If taxes are not a primary concern, there are other strategies to consider. Have you thought about gifting a life insurance policy? This can be an effective way to leverage your charitable dollars. You pay the premium during your lifetime, and the charity receives the proceeds at your death. Are you concerned about retirement income? Some charities offer an annuity income payout in exchange for a lump sum cash gift. Does your employer match your charitable donations? One of our favorite charities at Fortis is For Pete's Sake, a cancer respite foundation. For any donation made by an employee, the company matches it dollar for dollar. Many other companies offer a similar benefit. Regardless of your net worth or income, there are many ways to give back and to maximize your charitable giving. Please note that this is general information and should not be construed as tax or financial advice. Always consult with your tax and or financial advisor regarding your individual situation. Peace out. Do you have a financial advisor who you trust that looks at you as more than just a number? At the Foley Hillsley Group, that person is Kristen Hillsley. Kristen's team has a different approach to managing your wealth called the Panorama Process. This unique process helps you obtain your financial goals easily because it's more than just investments, it's about you. To learn more, visit their website at fhbaird.com or call 610-238-6636. The Foley Hilsey Group is affiliated with Robert W. Baird & Company, Incorporated Member SIPC. Log on to fhbaird.com to learn more. That's fhbaird.com. So if you need a financial advisor you can trust, call Kristen Hillsley at 610-238-6636. That's 610-238-6636. Introducing Pathways Consulting Group, a company that will align your IT needs with your business goals. Pathways is a full-service ServiceNow partner. What does that mean? It's simple. Pathways will collaborate and design, develop, and deploy solutions for your company today that will define tomorrow. Pathways will provide world-class enterprise service management solutions. Pathways Consulting Group. They listen. They care. They execute. Go to PathwaysCG.com. That's PathwaysCG.com. Now, the women to watch. Tech Watch. Hi, I'm Mary Manso of Pathways Consulting Group. This year, I became fascinated by technologies that have a positive impact on individuals with special needs when my brother was diagnosed with ALS. So on this week's segment, I'll be looking at two technologies that I found to be the most innovative and fascinating in my opinion. 
The first technology is geared toward people with ALS, spinal injuries, MS, amputations, or any individual who's lost mobility of their hands and fingers. Millions of persons have limited use of their hands and fingers, which prevents them from doing activities that most of us take for granted, like using our mobile devices. With the application Open Sesame by Sesame Enable, that freedom and control is restored. Using the front-facing camera of any Android device, Open Sesame tracks head movement to unlock touch-free texting, social activity, searching the web, and so much more, empowering individuals and enabling them to continue to use their mobile devices. The next technology I found fascinating is geared toward individuals who have loss of vision and use Braille called DOT. DOT is one of the world's first Braille smartwatches. DOT is a practical solution that is more affordable than regular e-Braille devices. DOT helps the blind access messages, tweets, even books anywhere at any time. DOT can be connected via Bluetooth to any smartphone and has a series of dots which rise or lower to form letters in Braille. Every text message you receive on the smartphone is instantly translated to Braille and forwarded to your DOT watch. Read it fast and comfortably with the intuitive touch controls and customizable auto scroll on the watch face. Through their patented technology, the watch can stay charged up to 10 days. As a caregiver of an individual with special needs, one of your greatest concerns for your loved one is quality of life. And these are just two of thousands of technologies that are out there that can provide a level of independence and empowerment. To learn more about other technologies, email me at mary at pathwayscg.com. You're listening to Women to Watch with Sue Rocco. Sue Rocco on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm having a great conversation this evening with Terry Matthews, <clears throat> excuse me, the founder of Jaden's Voice and, and also um, an entrepreneur and an author and a speaker. Um, you do a lot of things. And, and <laughs> later we'll talk about how you manage everything, uh, but we won't talk about work-life balance. Okay. Right? Because that doesn't exist. No, it doesn't. But I would love to know in your 20s, um, the confidence that you have today really in, in um, putting yourself out there in front of large audiences and taking on big projects. Did you have that in your 20s, or is that something that has developed over time for you? That's a good question. Um, I, Looking back, I would say, back then I thought I did, but looking back, I didn't. Um, I took certain risks. Um, I was, because of my upbringing, I always was challenged to be put up front, to manage a lot of things. So I think that that natural resiliency and confidence to have to speak up for my family and show up and do things for my family at a very young age is what prepared me. Um, in hindsight, I probably would have taken a few more risks uh, than what I did. Um, I think I was reserved because I was embarrassed that I didn't have the background resume, not the education part. I had that, but I didn't have the same. Pe- I felt like I didn't weigh up to the people whose parents went to Duke and mm-hmm. Princeton. Um, and so it That's weighed so on typical. my confidence a lot more. You know, I didn't have the, oh, my parents come over on Christmas and we all open gifts together. And so by the fire. Yeah, the, I didn't yeah. I didn't have that song and dance. And mm-hmm. so I had to learn to be happy with who God created me to mm-hmm. be. And I didn't realize that it had such an impact. And um, it it, cre- it keep, kept me in shame, mm-hmm. if that made sense. Yeah. So would you say um, something, a topic we, we discuss is the imposter syndrome, which women, I think, tend to do. Mm-hmm. We put on the big smile and yes. we get dressed up and we go out and kind of pretend that we have it all together. And mm-hmm. then inside we're second guessing and struggling. But I think then we reach a point where the exterior matches the interior. Absolutely. And I worked hard at that. Um, I did not like to be unauthentic in any kind of way. 
Um, because again, that related to me to the bad things that came in my life. You know, my parents positioning themselves to the public at one thing and then certain things going on behind the scenes that shouldn't. So I really wanted to stay away from that. Mm -hmm. So again, these are the things that were adversity, that was adversity in my life, but I used it for good. So when I didn't see how I was matching up from the outside to the inside, then I made a conscious effort to say, I have to make a change because I don't want to show up wearing a mask. I want to be everything that I say I am. And if I'm not confident, I want to be able to say I'm not confident right now. Right. And that's okay. I love that. That's such great. You know, don't be afraid to say, I don't know. Right. You no, know, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, I want to talk to you about Next Level Vision Series Platform. What mm-hmm. is that? So, you know, I believe in everything in our life, it, you have to get ready for the next level. It's preparation, right? When you think about a promotion, if you, you know, work for someone, Nine times out of 10, you don't get promoted because you just get promoted. You get promoted because you've prepped and you can already operate at the next level. Um, I, I am into really pouring back into women. I wish that we had more women mentors. I wish that women can see other women working at a level and um, understanding that there are going to be some falls and there are going to be some hiccups. But to your point, everybody's walking around like they have it together. You know, nobody's going to post on Instagram where their hair is not combed. They don't have mascara on their face. You know, they, they're, they're not wearing a bra right now. Like it's, everything <laughs> is made to look like we all have it together. And that's not the case. And so next level is pushing people from a personal perspective, but also a business perspective and a spiritual perspective to really, really, really um, take yourself. It, there's some things that are required of you to get to the next level. And you and we don't have that skill set. Nobody teaches us that. Every Everybody knows what they know and they don't want to share. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that that's how it's supposed to be designed. If I want to come in and learn how to run and operate a radio station, somebody should be able to to reach out their hand and show me Mm -hmm. so I can get to the next level. But we don't do that. We just don't do it enough. Well, I think we're doing it more. We're having the conversations around being authentic and real and and kind of stop pretending. Mm -hmm. So I hope that we see a change there. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's talk about the TV show. Okay. So what can people expect when they tune in? It's on YouTube. Mm -hmm. It's called On the Spectrum. Mm -hmm. And what do the segments look like? What are you bringing? So we do everything from, I I like to call it a mix between uh, a Martha Stewart and Ella DeGeneres generous Oprah Winfrey it's just it's amazing so we have product reviews Um, we know that oftentimes you know it's difficult to go out there and purchase products and a lot of the products we're reviewing it isn't just for the kid that's on the spectrum it's focused and we talk to that particular audience but we also share how this like a weighted blanket for example can be helpful to anybody in the family who's dealing with ADHD anxiety if you travel a lot as a business person a weighted blanket actually helps you go to sleep so it's it was created initially for the autism space but we teach you how it can be used for everybody in the family do-it-yourself products products sorry, projects, which are pretty awesome. We teach you how to do things at home that are cost effective. So you're not running out, spending all this money on different things. Um, And so that makes it fun. And then we also have deep discussion and everything's not sad boohoo. We talk about the highs, the lows, employment, self-care, and all of the same things that impact autism families impact really everybody so any i've i've heard people give us feedback who don't even have autistic children say hey i like your self-care video i i learned about how to go make my face up at cvs for five dollars <laughs> you know what i mean but you yeah. know the thing about it is it's an awesome show we called it on the spectrum because autism there is a spectrum mm. right and and it said that we all have a little bit of autism really we're on the spectrum somewhere we just might not necessarily be diagnosed with autism and we have a global audience we have two centers in Africa, 
um, under Jaden's voice. And so I've met with 43 countries in reference to what autism looks like. They're first ladies and the queens of those countries. And we've talked about how to make changes there. So we want to use on the spectrum for that. Statistics on the diff- the numbers of autism, I do. U.S. versus other? Okay, I'd love to hear a little bit about that and, and maybe a little bit of the science and where... Um, things are headed for discoveries around autism. Stay with us. Coming up is our Diversity in Education Watch. This is the Women to Watch Diversity Watch. Hi, this is Hanadi with your weekly diversity segment. Some virtues come from unexpected sources, like making mistakes. All human beings make mistakes, but not all of them apologize when they do so. Apologizing takes humility, authenticity, and courage. It takes guts to apologize. Today's prophetic ethic is admitting one's own mistake and apologizing. The more you think highly of yourself, the harder it is to apologize. It usually characterizes in excuses, explanations, reasons, and all kinds of justifications, but all of them are saying just one thing, it's not my fault. As if to say, I didn't have a choice, and I'm not to be blamed. Admitting a mistake takes few seconds of reflection, and staying true to who you are, an honest apology comes in three words with a full stop after. I am sorry. It just says that there is no excuse for what was done, and on their own, these words are sometimes capable of ending the argument. There is self-discovery in mistakes, and there is growth in apologizing. Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, said, By the one in whose hand my soul is, were you not to commit sins, God would replace you with a people who would commit sins and then seek forgiveness from God, and God would forgive them. This prophetic saying is confirming the imperfect nature of human beings and emphasizing the importance of bouncing back from a mistake. Perhaps one of the hardest things to do for someone is to forgive themselves and move beyond their poor choice. Forgiving one's own self and forgiving others is a way of saying we're all humans and deserve a second chance. I invite you to forgive and forget because there is a special kind of freedom in that. Now don't forget to connect with me on hanadispeaksout.com. Who is Holly Dowling? Holly is a dynamic keynote speaker and inspirational thought leader. You see what we have the ability to do and the power we have. You hold the power for good. Each and every one of us can do something. Holly has inspired millions around the world, including over 500,000 executives, and her show is listened to in 87 countries. Now we're going to spend 25 minutes on your areas of opportunity. Listen to our internationally acclaimed podcast, A Celebration of You, Holly Dowling, empowering those who can change the world. HollyDowling.com. This is the Women to Watch. Education Watch. Hi, I'm Colleen Hanich, president of LaSalle University, and this is your Education Watch. I believe today we're talking about college fit. So what goes into that? Fit is such a subjective idea, but fit is when a student finally realizes that this is their place. Sometimes fit, college fit, is completely inconsistent with whatever list that student might have written ahead of time of the things they must have in college. It must be big, it must be far away from home, it must have these sport teams. And then when a student gets to the college, it is a completely different set of criteria and factors that really fit for them. 
What are some good questions they can ask themselves? Well, that is the key point in this, Susan. A student has to be um, asking, am I comfortable on this campus? Does it feel safe? Can I imagine myself being here among these students? Do the students that I've met, whether they're tour guides or ambassadors or, or um, upperclassmen, do they seem like the kind of students that I want to be around? How are the faculty and staff? Are they welcoming? Am I excited about the faculty and the programs? And what about the values? What are, do my values line up with the campus values? If it's a campus that's committed to social justice, does that resonate for me? These are all really important questions, and if a student is not answering or asking them to himself or herself, parents need to be directly involved in prompting these questions. For a parent who's listening, how do they know it's the right fit? You know what? It's the most impossible thing to describe, only to say, you'll know it when you see it. So I have gone through this process with two kids and I will tell you they're walking along and all of a sudden they look different their eyes light up they walk a little straighter they look relaxed because there's no more stress they have found their place sometimes they don't know it but you absolutely will so as a parent you know your child you need to watch for that magical light yes terrific thanks Colleen thank you now more of women to watch with Sue Rocco talk radio 1210 WPHT Thanks so much for joining us again uh, for another week of Women to Watch. I'm talking to Terry Matthews. She's local to Philadelphia, although you travel, you're everywhere. <laughs> um, as I'm looking at my notes, I'm thinking about your travel, you speak, um, the TV show, Jaden's Voice, the organization. In two questions I have for you. Um, what is the greatest challenge for you day to day mm. having your irons in so many fires <laughs> and, and which is really bringing what which one of the endeavors that you're doing is helping you sustain as a business and a company and, and bringing wow. you revenue that's a good question um so what i will say i'll start with that one because that one's actually the easier question okay um i have organizations uh, that i the companies that i own generate revenue and i'm a large donator to jaden's voice um, in addition to that, we have other organizations and people privately who d will donate to Jaden's Voice. Um, we didn't expect Jaden's Voice to get this big. Our, our idea was we just wanted to help a few people, and nine years later, this is where we're at. Um, what I will say to you that it's not easy to sustain at all. Um, I'm, I'm a firm believer you can do everything, but just not the same time. You know, right. and I don't believe in balance. I believe in prioritizing. Mm -hmm. um, I really talk to my kids. Now there's only two at home because my oldest has gone to college, graduated, lived on her own. I have a 17-year-old who's headed to college. She's also modeling on the runways in New York. So wow. she has her own schedule. I have a husband um, who is a retired NFL player, which just for the record, I love to say this, I was an asset, not a liability. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I brought something to the table. God established me before we met, but um, he still operates in the NFL on a consistent basis. So he has, you know, games and, and scouting and just all the stuff that he does. Um, and we're very community focused in other areas like homelessness. Um, and so then there's also Jaden and he's still autistic because autism has no cure. So he has all of his needs and he's in the sixth grade and he's being pulled right and left. And there's a lot of additional learning that he has to have. So what I'll say to you is um, my day, I, I wake up every day with with asking God for the strength to get through it, um, to help me to prioritize, because I also deal with a numerous amounts of emails and inboxes Um families that need help and service, you know, city politicians, political people from all over who reach out and say, hey, I need help. I have a woman who wants to send her kid here now from Egypt, you know, wow. for school. Um, yeah. 
countries that I've traveled to, they don't have all the same access to resources, um, hence why we are in some of those countries, and we also provide supports and services in those countries. Um, it's a big, big challenge, and so it's daily. My, my, none of my days ever look the same. I wake up, and I have this whole agenda of what's going to happen, mm-hmm. and whatever happens needs to happen, and I've had to learn to not be so down and out on myself when I don't accomplish everything on the list. Do, so. do you enjoy that, the busyness of having different things as opposed to it being, you know, more mundane where you have doing the same tasks every day? I, I am wired that way. Yeah. It's called organized chaos for me. I think if it, my day was mundane, I would just fall over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, there's no work. It's not worth living, Lord. <laughs> you, you need the crazy. I know. No, but it's a, I think some people manage or, or some people are happier with a calm Yes. Um, And you have to uh, be okay with that, Sue. I think this is the challenge. We see women and we're like, oh, I want to be just like Sue. She does this and she does that. If you're not wired that way, be okay with just being like you. It is okay. We're not. I, I always say I don't want what someone has because God didn't create me to have your emotions, your feelings, your wherewithal, your strength. You know what I mean? I want what's for me because I'm wired to deal with me. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Um, I had asked you just before the break about statistics. I'm just curious Mm. about the numbers of autism in in the U.S. compared to other countries. What do you know? It's it's very difficult in other countries because they don't have the sophistication the same way we do. It's one in 58 children here that are diagnosed with autism. It's estimated that it's roughly the same, actually even more. Um, you know, it depends because some people believe it comes from the shots. There are third world countries that receive our shots, you know, that don't have the FDA to make sure the shots are okay. I'm not anti-vaccine at all. I'm anti-mercury. I don't believe that mercury needs to be in shots. It's just a preservative. And I'll be honest, I 100% believe that that's what happened with my son. Um, But I do understand that autism can be genetic. We've had my son's genes studied. They don't match his diagnosis. Um, I know that there are people who have had their kids' gene study, and it, it does match their diagnosis. So I feel like autism is like a cancer cell, and um, it's in everybody. It's just what triggers in each person. It's a little bit different, and that's why I think it's harder in foreign countries for them to gather the statistics because they don't have the sophistication. But I can tell you in our centers, we have one school with 585 kids that are autistic. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. And would you say that, you know, um, the numbers are greater also because this went undiagnosed years ago. We think about ourselves in mm-hmm. the 70s and 80s, and we think we didn't know children who were autistic. We probably did. I believe it's a combination of all. Um, you know, again, being from California, I'm in Silicon Valley a lot over at, you know, Facebook and so on and so forth. And it's jokingly said that everybody in Silicon Valley is on the spectrum. And a lot of those people who are older and working in technology flew under the radar. They don't have an official diagnosis. But now when you're thinking about the characteristics of an adult who potentially could be on the spectrum, a lot of the people in the tech world match up to that. And it's interesting that the tech world is seeking. Right now, they're teaching kids how to code at young ages because autistic people typically are very dependable. Um, What they do, they do extremely well. Are they more left brain? I wouldn't, I wouldn't say if they're more left brain or right brain. Don't get me killed on here. A doctor will probably say she doesn't know what she's talking about. But, I mean, in my mind, um, whatever they're good at, they're excellent. It's just I, I always say that all of their brain cells went to that good thing. So, went like, if your kid's that. an artist, they can be Picasso, but don't ask them to tie their shoe 
yes, or have a conversation. That's so true. It's, it's like all of their genes of greatness went to one, one spot. One little area. Yeah, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that's fascinating. Yeah. Um, what changes would you like to see in our education system? I would like to see more classrooms that are outfitted for autistic children and for teachers, especially those managing special needs families to get paid more. We at Jaden's Voice now are creating sensory packages. We're looking for donations for that, um, but we're going to do it obviously anyway. And we're going school by school. We've been doing this a long time, but finally added it to one of our line items and budget items where we're outfitting schools with all the necessities they need to have a functional classroom to support kids on the spectrum. Okay. I'd love to just give you an opportunity as we wrap up the show, if there's a woman or man listening with a child that's autistic and perhaps they haven't um, reached that place yet where uh, they know it's going to be okay Mm -hmm. what would you say to them I would say that um, you're not alone and you know reaching out for help or wanting to talk just to have a conversation with someone just so that you don't feel crazy I remember being by myself and feeling like wow am I being a good enough parent You know, uh, I can't access all the resources. What if I can't afford some of the resources? You're not alone. There are people here that can you can communicate and can relate to these meltdowns and these challenges. There's good days and there's tough days, just like any neurotypical kid. But autism challenges you a little bit more. And there is life after autism. Sometimes when we have a child with almost any special needs, not just autism, we die to our own dreams. But I want to show people how they can live and be beyond the expectation that they ever thought because it is a blessing. There is purpose in your pain. And there's probably a gift there, right? In that child that that another family wouldn't necessarily have. And you have to look for that. Yes. And where can people, I hate to give you another someone contacting you, but where can people reach you? <laughs> That's okay. What's the best place? It's www.jadensvoice.org or www.terrymatthewsonline.com. All right. Terrific. Thank, Thank you, you so much, Terry. Great to have Thanks you here. Thanks for having me here. That's it, everyone, for another week of Women to Watch. Thank you so much, as always, to our sponsors and contributors for helping us to bring you the real story behind the title here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Have a great week, everyone. commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.